walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Pop Podcast. I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring, Kyle Bird. How's everybody doing today? Hope everybody's hope everybody is having a splendid day so far. Um, I mean, unless unless you know, I don't like unless you're one of the people I don't like, which I hope you're having a very poor day if that's the case. But there's not that many of you that listen um, that are on that list. So um, <laughs> just just kidding. Or am I? But no honor in that. But speaking of which, we got some Ring of Honor. To talk about ROH Glory by Honor 2003, the uh, the second iteration of this event put on by the Honoris Ring, and it was, uh, it was an interesting one, very interesting one, as is you know this time period for Ring of Honor, which is something I'm, I'm quickly realizing. Well, maybe not so quickly, but um, as I'm going through these shows chronologically. I'm realizing that, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good stuff from Ring of Honor in this time period. Um, but I'm slowly realizing that it's 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 taken them a lot longer to work out the kinks than I, <laughs> than I thought it would. Why do I say that? It's not the wrestling, per se. It's got everything around it. It's the, it's the commentary. It's the storylines. And there are some good storylines. Not a lot. There's there's not a lot of cohesion. There's not a lot of um, what's the word? A lot of things kind of come and go. A lot of start and stops. We'll get into it in the episode itself. But um, it's a very it's very interesting, if nothing else, to kind of watch all of this unfold in real time. Um, by the way, if you would like to if you, if you would like to come along that journey with me. If you'd like to jump on my shoulders and have me piggyback you through this oratory extravaganza, that is the apron bump podcast. Well, you're able to hypothetical person. You can go to apronbump.com and you can go to the episodes tab and you can filter to whatever era era, whatever promotion tickles your pickle. And uh, you can select ring of honor and that'll bring you to all of the ring of honor events that I've covered so far. I started from the very first show and I've worked my way from early 2002 up until now, which is where, you know, we're at the tail end of August of 03. Covered a lot of shows from Ring of Honor and uh, we've covered all of them so far. And it's always a sight to see. Lots of early 2000s 
shenanigans. It's it has a very limp biscuit kind of tone. If um, that's what you're into, uh, th- these these episodes tend to have a uh, tend to have a Chris Kirkpatrick uh, chin strap and goatee. You know what I mean? But um, with that. I mean, what can you expect from this show? Where are we at, really, with Ring of Honor at this point? Samoa Joe's still the champion, still dominating, or is he? Um, we got the culmination of this show. If you've, if you've been listening to these Ring of Honor episodes, you've heard me speak ad nauseum about the prophecy and how they've interacted with Samoa Joe Kind of what I'm talking about. Like Samoa Joe has been a part of so many factions. He was part of the prophecy, then he wasn't. Then he was a part of Steve Carino's group. Now he isn't. He's a he's a he's a baby face. He's a heel. He's a tweener. He's a he's a, he's all over the place. Same with Daniels. Like I said, it's, it's, it's just weird kind of dynamics all throughout this show. But all that to say, we got the main event of this show: Samoa Joe versus Christopher Daniels for the ROH title. Probably the longest story they've told. Have they told it well? Don't know. We'll talk about it. Um, oh, and hey, we got CM Punk versus Terry Funk, which is <laughs> what? It's exactly how you would imagine, by the way. Um, no, not really any surprises. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. There are some surprises in that match, but it's a wacky one. It's a wacky one. We got some pure division stuff we got the field of honor going on we got new tag team champions being crowned on this show as the uh, the current champions or the former champions now aj styles and amazing red had to vacate the titles due to amazing red having a leg injury of some sorts um so a lot lot of a uh, lot of milestones on this show so I, I might i might as well stop blathering along and let's get to it but first let daddy give a shout out to my guest on this episode, James Charles Harris, JCH, from the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. Man, these guys, this podcast, they just keep shooting people at me. You got Ross, you got Dom, you got now you got JCH. And I wouldn't be having all of these people on my podcast if I didn't love them all so dearly from their over the pond and their rosy red cheeks and their stupid king and their dumb snooker or whatever. Um, but that being said, <laughs> had a great old time with JCH on this episode. You can check out the wrestling should be fun podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also great follows on social media. Some, one of my favorite follows on all of social media at uh, WSB fun on Twitter and at wrestling should be fun on Instagram. I think I have that right. If not, it's in the description below. So go check that out. And, um, yeah, apronbump.com. Follow me as well, apronbump all across the board. Let's stop diddling my nipples and let's get to the episode Ring of Honor, Glory by Honor 2003 with myself and JCH from the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. I was listening to the podcast the other day and did, did, did this, are you a soccer commentator? Uh, yeah, I do like some, yeah, some, some commentary work on my, uh, in my spare time, like for the local radio, um, uh-huh. I, I did like a like a sports casting degree in uh, that full sale uh, online. Okay, so um, yeah, I got like quite good experience from that, but then haven't really done well. I do like my uh, probably four to six games a year, which is a bit of extra money, nice little bit of bonus money, but mm-hmm. yeah, 
Would you would you say you're better than or worse than uh, Chris Lovey and CM Punk? Well, I, I've got some notes on their commentary. <laughs> <laughs> All positive, I'm sure, right? It's, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was something. I mean, a lot to get into with this show, but I mean, first of all. Um, so you said you're, you're the one that gave Dom all the DVDs, right? Yeah. So you're obviously a big fan. Were you watching like during this era when it was going on? So yeah, cause I was trying to work it out. Like, I mean, I remember like first hearing about Ring of Honor on a radio show in the UK. Um, I think it was when Punk and Joe had their, uh, first mm-hmm. five star match. Uh, and then sort of went back and bought a few DVDs. Like I've got the first couple of DVDs and then. I think pretty much got everything from about um, about Reborn, definitely, uh, through to the okay. end of the punk era. It was a punk thing, and I thought I've got to stop yeah. spending all this money at some point. But uh, and sort of his last <laughs> his last match was sort of my end, my ending of, of buying every DVD, and then was right. out, of, out of Ring of Honor for a while until I think till I went to the Mania in New York and we went to the Ring of Honor show there and sort of got back into it. I'm not as hardcore since then, but yeah yeah i'm kind of the same way i'm kind of in and out of ring of, ring of honor but i mean this show here it was before my time but i've been watching all the shows in chronological order up until now so um but yeah i mean so glory by honor 2003 we'll, we'll dive into all the matches and stuff but overall overall thoughts did it meet your expectations yeah, it's interesting uh i'd say i think it was yeah just a little bit before i, I thought there was, there was a, maybe a lack of a sort of Real standout singles match. Um, I did yeah. enjoy the main event. I did enjoy that. Um, and you had this sort of punk punk match was wasn't like his like greatest in ring stuff. It was, I thought it was a good sort of story and, and furthered his sort of the Raven work. Um, mm-hmm. About I was trying to work out exactly where that was. So I've definitely had, I've definitely seen the Raven matches before, and I couldn't work out if I'd seen this this show back in the day. My my memory's not great. But, um, yeah, this is this is right off the heels off of their uh, cage match, and then they yeah. had the dog collar match before it. So it's like I think it seemed like it might have been the end of the Punk and Raven thing. I'm not sure though. Yeah, I, I feel like they might be, they might have they seem like they sh- they might they must have one more or something, but based on the way that unless they sort of just end the story like that, which would seem a bit strange if they've just sort of picked their own opponents. Yeah. That's normally what you do before they face each other, isn't it? Rather than that, yeah, yeah, I had the same thought because I mean uh, Chris Lott gives Polsky obviously the commentator. He um and there's a lot of cases where he does this because obviously he's the booker, so he knows when feuds are gonna end and what's gonna happen. And he kind of implied during one of their matches on this show that oh, this this might be the end of the feud here. So it's like, well, maybe it's yeah, because look, they already had a steel cage match, they had a dog collar match. It's like, where else could they go with it, possibly? But you might know more than me, but I, yeah, I'm, no, not, no, I, I'm not familiar with other matches. No, I say because I remember there being the the dog collar match, I think uh, that's sort of remembered as the best, the best of their matches. Yeah, uh, for sure. And then, and then so they, they did the, the the cage with the Clockwork Orange match. Was that the same mm-hmm. one? That that was like a month after. I yeah. Think. So that's so that's the second one. So yeah, that, I got a feeling there's one more, but but because yeah, it would have seemed strange way to sort of go out on this. <laughs> yeah. With Terry Funk. Yeah, yeah. it's a weird. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I pretty much agree in terms of this show. 2003 is a weird one for Ring of Honor because it's almost like they're still kind of figuring things out. Like Brian Danielson isn't around a lot. He's not on this show and he hasn't been on any of the shows recently, really. 
um Samoa Joe is still I mean it's still blonde Samoa Joe so I feel like yeah, that, that, made, re- that, that made my notes <laughs> I mean this dude is wearing a skirt on the last show one of yeah. the uh I mean he had like his tights but he had like the wrap around so he's still like one, figuring yeah. himself out a little bit too um so it's definitely still a work in progress and I I agree there wasn't really to me a match on this show other than maybe the main event where I'd be like, oh, you got to go watch this. There was some good stuff on the show. Yeah. And it was fun seeing Punk and Terry Funk go at it. So a lot of wacky stuff on this show. But it, um, also, it was sort of like, I, I mean, I saw the runtime. It's because I thought, you know, three hours showed up. I find just to get that end. It came at like four hours, 52. And I was mm-hmm. sort of like, how am I going to get? Am I going to get this in? <laughs> and when I got to the mail, I was like, there's no way Joe and Daniels are going an hour and 45 minutes. So I, <laughs> right. I had the um, same thought. Yeah, it was like over an hour left when the main started. And I was like, oh, is this going to be like a 60 minute fucking <laughs> de- draw or something? It's like, oh, but it wasn't because, yeah, the way the show was formatted is. Um, so, by the way, this is the last show in the Murphy Rec Center. Allegedly, I think they do come back a few times. Do you know? I I, do, I wouldn't know the history yeah, the history of the uh, the venue. Sorry, that's it. Wouldn't be my forte. I didn't know how hard I didn't know how hard, hardcore you were. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Dom probably would know that. He's much more. His details are a lot better than that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Recollection for details a lot better than mine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, for for at least full time, this is their last show in the Murphy Rec Center, which is like where they started. It's where pretty much every show in their first year was, with the exception of a few. So throughout the show, they're showing like flashbacks to moments that have happened in this venue. So like the um, and I didn't really I kind of like glazed over them because I've seen them before. Yeah. But yeah, they showed like Eddie Guerrero versus Super Crazy. They, they showed that first triple threat main event with Loki, uh, Brian Danielson, Christopher Daniels. They showed Loki versus Joe. They showed Loki versus uh, or Loki winning the first ever Ring of Honor world title, Paul London versus Michael Shane in a street yeah. fight. And any of these moments stick out to you, or do you remember any of yeah, these? Yeah, I say, like, I remember a lot of those. Yeah, I remember the triple threat, um, definitely. And uh, Michael Shane, Paul London, I've got, I've definitely had a few of the DVDs with their feud uh, and remember enjoying mm-hmm. that. Uh, just a sort of like, yeah, buying. Yeah, I think I must have bought like a sort of six to eight DVD sort of. Like this first show, crowning a champion was definitely on their round robin challenge. Um, yeah, just sort of off the top of my head, uh, a few uh, like, and then sort of started from what the point it was at, or the point where I really wanted to get into it, and then bought everything for yeah. So sort we of used to wait, but buy like five at a time, and then yeah, <laughs> save up, and then because they take about a month to ship from the US at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's patience. And that's it's like patience, I mean. avoid the uh, avoid the spoilers, but. <laughs> Right, it's a bit easier yeah. without social media, but I was trying to play on the forum like pick 'em games as well, but without looking at the results. <laughs> <laughs> close your eyes, get a yeah. peek through your fingers. Um, so it, it was it was nice to see those those older moments, but yeah, the first year or two of Ring of Honor is a little bit lean in in these moments, but they showed the good stuff for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, man, the show kicks off with a uh, Colt Cabana promo. She got a few of those in this show says he's going to make history tonight, but doesn't tell us how. <laughs> and uh, by any chance, did you watch anything after the main event? Uh, no, because I literally finished about 10 minutes ago. I was trying to... Um, I did too. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I did too. I, Don't worry. I was, try- I, wa- I was trying to watch it if they go back. They went back into the uh, backstage to see if there was anything afterwards. And there was 
But then there's like a um, it said there's a showcase. I think there's like the dark matches they played mm-hmm. as the last hour, I think, or the last 45 minutes. So I, I thought I'd, yeah. I'd, there didn't seem to be like a post match promo. If there was, I, I missed that. But no, yeah, they, they did show dark matches after, which I kind of like again, I kind of like skimmed through them. There was, uh, I mean, the only one worth maybe watching is uh, as a four way. It's Roderick Strong versus Alex Shelley versus Jimmy Jacobs versus Josh Daniels. The matches, I mean, it's it's more just for like to see where these guys were earlier in, early in this in their careers, more so than like the quality of the match because they were still young green guys yeah. at the time. But it was it was interesting to watch. Um, but before those dark matches, so in between the main event and the dark matches, there was a Colt Cabana talk show called um, "Fuck Where'd I Put It?" Hold on, hold on, we're gonna find it. Good time, great memories. Sometimes great memories, yeah. Yeah, and he had a Julius Smokes as his first guest. And uh, you a big Julius Smokes fan? I, so I remember enjoying Julius Smokes, and he got physical in this. Like from from my memory, it was just like Homicide's manager and the knocking around with those with those lads. But he came in yeah. and beat some kids up here, didn't he? Had his fedora. Had his. I mean, we'll we'll get into it. But. <laughs> Not yet, not not a lot about that talk show worth noting, but I mean, here's a, here's a small clip of what you could expect if you were to watch it. The Rockwaller 2000 Tris is coming. Can you feel it? Oh yeah! <laughs> it's just a lot of that. It's just a lot of that over and over again. So <laughs> you can uh, you can measure if you want to watch that or not. Did uh, Colt Cabana say he was going to have CM Punk on? I, he did. He said, yeah. I think he said it, he'd be his second guest or something. I, 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 feel, I feel that becomes a running gag that every show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like, and it, it, it's not often that he appears, if at all. I feel like maybe one time, eventually. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe one day. Maybe he'll bring it. Oh, probably not. You know, no one else thinks sorry. But, um, but uh, yeah, in the beginning here, we get a few promos. So we get Dan Moff. Uh, in his living room, it yeah, looks what, like with a neck brace, <laughs> with, with a really old phone. I obviously it is it probably a brand new phone at the time, but I just yeah, the, it, it, he, phone, he yeah. had a couple of like promos in his house. I was wondering if he was going to get like an in-house attack. The amount of time they spent in <laughs> his place. So. Damn it! Now now I'm disappointed that that didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Dan Moff, I think it was like a a, a month or two ago. Him and Loki had a match where. It ended in a stoppage because Loki kicked him in the head and they had to stop it, you know, quote unquote. Yeah. But I guess uh, what did he say? He uh, Dan Moff says he has a severe pinched nerve <laughs> from a post concussion syndrome. So he's wearing a neck brace sitting in his couch and he's you know being very serious. He's like, I hate you, Loki. And then he's, you know, talking to Daniels because his uh, prophecy men- member, Christopher Daniels, is in the main event fighting for the world title. And like throughout the show, he gets updates from Alice in Danger. Oh, it's all silly, but um, the prophecy. You, how much you, do you know of the prophecy, and uh, are you a fan? Uh, well, I know of the prophecy. Um, I, the, 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 they were mainly heels, from my memory. I know they're the big. As far as I've seen, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, like they're the big. They have a big feud. Come coming with like the the Saints comes up later. Um, mm-hmm. Without giving too much away, which I really I mean, remember enjoying. Um, but yeah, I didn't like him, but not in like a like they're bad at their job. 
I just didn't. Yeah, I, I was. But their heels, I'm gonna, I'm gonna boo them. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, so they did their job. Yeah, so they did do their job, and obviously they get, uh, get in ring in talent, especially like Daniels. That seeing him, I say we will get to it later on. But this, this, this mm-hmm. sort of, in this sort of shape, and you think he can still go now, but back then he was like a different, different gravy. <sighs> we'd say so smooth, so smooth, Christopher Daniels. Um. And that's, I mean, he's the number one contender, but he's also number one in the top five rankings. And they uh, showcase those rankings in the beginning. Do, do you have a problem with the rankings? Well, no, it's just like, because there's so often they switched the, I couldn't remember which stage we were at because we had the top five rankings. You had the the ring of contendership or something at some point, And then yeah. various different, y- y- yeah. You went, I thought at one point you even like uh, appealed to a committee to get a chance at a title shot or something. Uh, I might have completely missed, like mixed two of them together there. But yeah, so I was, I was interested to see the top five. And uh, but you have to like go to court and like yeah. present your case. Yeah, I'm for sure that's like one thing. They used to like reinvent this system all the time. But man, they they were trying, man. I mean, right to this day, I feel like people when they try rankings. It's like good in theory, but like an execution. I mean, yeah. I don't know. What are your what's your take on that as far as like rankings in a scripted setting like this? I I, I think yeah, it's a good idea to to try it, but no one seems to have quite nailed it yet. Um, mm-hmm. I I guess like the best way of it's done is in something like the G one or which is sort of like a set tournament for a month or so, rather than all throughout the year, because then you do have that mm-hmm. set time. Someone wins it, and then you move on. And they they've got the, the the contendership sort of thing. I think it's mm-hmm. I think you want the wins and losses to matter to an extent, but also I think the storytelling is sort of more prominent in creating a good product. So it's sort of trying to find that balance, which people have struggled to do since this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like they're good if they want somebody to fight for the title, they're going to get there whether there's rankings or not. But to your point, it does make other mat like there's like the four way on the show. Had no stakes to it, but you had the underlying thing of like, oh, whoever wins is going to shoot up in the rankings. But it's it's whether it's implied or it's like a real thing like this, I feel like it doesn't matter. But yeah, and then you had that, com- and you also had the rankings, and you had the field of honor going at the same time with mm-hmm. some of the same people in it. And it- <laughs> so, it, does the winner of the field of honor like is are they number one in the rankings, or is yeah, it like a different thing? Yeah, that was what I couldn't quite work out. <laughs> They're very vague about the stakes of the field because for anyone unaware, the field of honor, it's a round robin tournament. It's like the G1. It's like a mini G1. It's it's two blocks of four, I believe. And uh, the winner, I guess the winner's face. I don't know how that pans out ultimately, but um, but yeah, they're like, uh, they're, they're always like, oh, whoever wins this. Well, they're going to they're going to be be made of It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll get into that with uh we'll, we'll get into that now. So we got a uh, field of honor block B match. We got Jimmy Rave versus BJ Whitmer. And uh before we get into the match, we got to note that CM Punk is on commentary and uh boy howdy is he not afraid to bury people on this show. <laughs> I don't know. I guess him and BJ got a thing going, like a mini feud maybe because he's just shitting all over BJ Whitmer in this match. He's like BJ will have like a chin lock on Jimmy and he punks like, oh, he's got the wrong grip. He, he can escape that. Or like he's calling them underwhelming. I'm, oh, well, as in general thoughts on the commentary on the show. Well, yeah, I, I had 
a lot of yeah. I had my first note was punks just slating BJ Whitmer, and I've never been a BJ <laughs> Whitmer fan. Uh, but yeah. I thought but even I thought it got to a point where you know you're not really getting anyone over here. It's, well, to be fair, he did put Jimmy Rave over, but but there's there, I'll come down to another one of the matches. It's just like the whole um, which match was it? I, um, so I think the, the Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart, TJ Wilson match was just CM oh, Punk yeah. talking about and Chris Lovey talking about Terry Funk the whole match. And it was sort of like, you don't really, yeah. you just lost yourself in the match a bit. Even the next, the Xavier Walters match, he's just still slating BJ Whitmer. He's not even there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And this, this opening match is like, well, I'm not in the field of honor, so this obviously doesn't matter. He's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, I guess I'll go fuck myself then <laughs> for watching this. But yeah, it's the commentary, not just punk, Chris Lovey, Ray Morrow, they can eat a bag of dicks. Like, I, I hate listening to these guys commentate like like Gabe. He's just like, like he like functionally is a good commentator, but he's just so loud and so like just brutally like he just keeps going and going and going. And he's like running out of breath. And it's like it takes away from the matches a lot of times because That's he's great. distracting. Oh, yeah. So but. It's like if there was like an option to turn off the commentary, I would do it. If but. you need this of the uh, the Japanese commentary or like, that. yes, <laughs> that's not a bad idea actually. Just have it loud playing somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so Jimmy Jimmy Rave, BJ Whitmer, it's a decent little match here. You got some power moves from BJ, throwing out some lariats, very Hangman Page esque. A lot of his op- offenses. Well, I think I believe. Young Hangman, and this is a long time in the future, was mm-hmm. in the, but well, they were not in the faction with BJ and Jimmy Jacobs. Or, um, oh, he was okay. like this sort of young boy type. Uh, I swear, one of the shows I went to, he was getting pissed off by being the young boy and getting the kickings. But it, I'm sure it was definitely Whitmer. I'm sure it was Whitmer and Jacobs at that point, and mm-hmm. someone else maybe. But like some, they were sort of like OG group, and they had Page as a young boy, so maybe he did pick up some. Some stuff that from that makes sense. Um, but yeah, and BJ's throwing out some uh, pretty nice power bombs. And uh, Rave is doing his chain wrestling, which I feel like is his forte. He does like an arm trap suplex. What was the, the move? Uh, sorry, apologies. Um, the, the, um, sorry, I'm not a great move name person. Uh, mm-hmm. But he does, just before he does the shining wizard out of the ring, he did a sort of like, I've called it like an apron backwards stroke type thing. <laughs> You're stroking who now? <laughs> apron backwards. As in like Jeff, it was almost like a Jeff Jarrett stroke, but like the opposite. And it was right on the apron. Oh. Uh, I, that move was awesome. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> you'd be <laughs> able to take your word for give it. Give it a better name. But um, yeah. But it's just before when when Whitmer's on the outside, he hits that big shining wizard off the apron. But the move he does to him onto the apron is yeah. That was a backward apron stroke. I like yeah, it. Something like that. I'll run with that. <laughs> Um, but my God, the finish of this match, BJ power bombs, Jimmy rave off of the top rope in like a Chris Candido fashion. So like standing on the top rope, picks him up, power bomb. And, uh, man, it was my, my, I, I puckered watching this cause it was so scary, but it, he hit it and gets the win. So BJ gets the win. Um, so I think the standings like BJ has is one and oh, Jimmy raves. Oh, and two. And Colts in this block, he's one and oh. I think Dan Moth might be in this, I forget, but um, but yeah, a solid, solid little match. What do you think about it? 
yeah, I, yeah, I did. I did enjoy it. Um, I thought I was impressed with with Jimmy Rave. I sort of haven't. I don't remember his. I remember his work a lot when he was uh, more of like a, a heel in the uh, in, in the, the kingdom. But um, I was. I yeah, made not. The kingdom. Uh, what, what was the faction? Uh, the with, embassy. Uh, no, no. Embassy. Embassy. So, yeah. He had a uh, yeah. It's like, you know, like a multitude of like different suplexes, which were uh, looking like quite good offense. And um, yeah, I'm guessing he must be quite young at this point, uh, or quite new to the oh yeah to the roster, because he had some sort of like thing going on with AJ Styles, and he? he kept being a bit of a dick to him after the match. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I guess because AJ is pretty young here too, but he definitely appears like the senior to Jimmy Rave, so Jimmy must be way young. Um, but yeah, to your point, because and this has been kind of going on the past few shows. Jimmy Rave will lose a match, and then AJ will scold him, and I think in this case he was like. Why, why'd you put him on the top rope? Yeah. You, know, you, 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 had, you had an arm bar in the middle of the ring. Why, why, why are you, you going to do that? You know? So yeah, that's, that's very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I guess we're going to get a Jimmy versus AJ match in the future, which I'm sure will slap. But um, yeah, I'm in for that. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and we got a, uh, we got a little Samoa Joe promo after that. Basically building up to the main event, defending his title against Christopher Daniels. Joe cuts his promo. This is a weird one because you have Smo Joe because Joe is a great promo. He's cutting the promo and then Ring of Honor in this era, they do this thing where they like get finished with the promo and then they're like cut and then they'll be like, okay, and then they like, get out of character, <laughs> quote unquote. And all of a sudden Joe gets like all meek and like because Steve Carino walks in. He's like, yeah, great promo, Joe. And then they start talking and Joe's like, okay, yes, sir. Like he's I don't know. What, what do you think of this? And are you a Steve Carino fan as well? I'm, I'm, I'll say I've never seen much of steve Carino. i was never never watched dcw um just didn't really have access to it um mm-hmm. and my only my main memories of him is him uh, in ring of honor around probably about a year later or so when him and punk were interacting quite a lot uh with a sort of friendly rivalry slash friendly tag team type thing they were they have going on later on um yeah yeah i did remember but i think it was later on in the show when they mentioned the uh the group that uh Joe yes. had sort of moved in. Yeah, I'd forgotten that Joe because I remember he was started off as the uh, prophecies assassin type thing, and then right then left him to win the title. And I'd forgotten about the group, but <laughs> the group. I think we all have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the process of watching it, and I forgot about the group. <laughs> the C.W. Anderson and uh, Michael Shane, who I think are both gone at this point. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Steve Carino. So. I don't know. You, you may or may not agree with this. I don't know. Are you familiar with Shane Douglas at all? Um, again, no of him. Um, I guess if you didn't watch ECW, so maybe yeah, not a lot. I've heard a lot about him from my friend Rob, who is a big fan. So to me, Shane Douglas is a poor man's Triple H. And I think Steve Carino is a poor man's Shane Douglas. So <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, like a reverse right. evolution. <laughs> but that's just, I don't know, because he's, he's very heavy with like the wrestling lingo he's like yeah you really got over with the marks on that promo there kid like, <laughs> shut up asshole uh but whatever but we have another field of honor match after that block a this time we got john walters versus xavier and uh lollipop is there james yeah it's, it's crazy that lollipop is with <laughs> xavier right chris lovey was he, he couldn't believe that lollipop <laughs> Was with Xavier. You familiar with Lollipop? Uh, I feel like I've seen her once. No, but I do. I, I do know she exists, but I don't think I've ever seen her work. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure she'd love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I might have seen it yeah, on the back of a DVD, so and so with with like a with lollipop or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't say she left a nasty impression back in the day from what I have seen. Yeah, and and one thing also I should mention is that these Field of Honor matches, before each match, they show like a tail of the tape kind of thing. It's always like some weird EDM music with like the guys like working out in the background or whatever, and it shows Xavier doing tricep pull downs, and then Lollipop walks in and is like Mm, and then walks away and then she comes out with them and then but Xavier is like half in half out of the prophecy at this point Alice in Danger who is with the prophecy comes out he's like why is Lollipop with you and she gets mad at Xavier and it's uh, the, uh, the prophecy's in shambles here but um, it, there's uh, but John Walters is there too big <laughs> let's go Walter ch- Walters chant so I guess he's getting over with the, with the folks here uh, pretty heavy chain wrestling in the beginning. It was kind of, it's there was some fun spots in this one. I don't know. What would you, what'd you think of this one? Well, I, so I've started off with remembering John Walters and remembering Xavier. My, my initial thought is I don't care about either of these people. <laughs> um, but they did win me around. Like there was some nice stuff in there. And by the end of it, um, there was Xavier. I think Xavier hit like a belly to belly over the top rope. Uh, at one point, which mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah. fair play. Uh, then there was a lot more of uh, CM Punk hating BJ Whitmer. Uh, of course. <laughs> Gotta remind him. He did He did put over most of the other people in the competition, apart from BJ Whitmer at this point, because he, he was comments <laughs> about Jimmy Raven and all the guys in, in this match, and I think, and definitely Colt Cabana. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it got me. But um, the match did get me in because, and to be fair to him, I'd gone in with very predisposed to just not be interested at all. So I mm-hmm. thought they 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 had a good little match here that was uh, that did its job. Yeah, I would say this is probably one of the stronger, just from a work rate standpoint, one of the yeah. stronger matches on the card. Um, John Walter, I mean, they're they're both like they're they're both like very generic looking. So I, I'm with you. Like when I see these two, like. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, and Xavier, I mean, from what I've seen of him, he's very like like there's some fun spots he does, and I appreciate his willingness to like risk like high risk stuff. Like there's one point where he does like a um so John Walters is on his back near the ropes, and then Xavier like runs up, like he like jumps to do like a split leg moonsault on the top rope, but he's like running towards it and then does a moonsault. But he like misses. Do you, do you know the spot I'm talking about? Um, it was just very chaotic. I wrote yeah, poetry and split leg moonsault. Like I'm like forgetting now, like what exactly he did. I said I've got one where they well, it's sort of like a top rope backstabber. Is that the same? Yeah, well, yeah, that was a different one. A different which is one? Crazy. Yes. <laughs> Xavier was sitting on the top rope. John Walters hits a backstabber, but it's, he, he's on the top rope, so he comes like straight down. So it's like knees into the back of his yeah. neck. <laughs> Whew. There were, yeah, there's some good spots. But... Yeah, Walters hits a rolling spear, which looks pretty good. Um, a little uh, roll up. They traded roll ups for two counts. Walters hits a uh, hurricane DDT, which I think they called it that. I'm, I'm, I'm like, no, I'm not forgetting. Oh, it's like a, um, it's like a, uh, you know, uh, God, it has a name to it. It's like the guy's on the, his shoulders and then he drops him down into a DDT. Um, so yeah, good spots here, but ultimately 
with all these fancy moves, <laughs> Xavier wins with a low blow and a roll up yeah. because he's a heel yeah. after all. So and leaves with lollipop. <laughs> of course, we can't forget lollipop. <laughs> Chris Luffy was uh, he was not happy with that, but uh, and Walters he grabs the mic. He's like, "This is Ring of Honor. There was no honor in that. It was a cheap victory. I don't respect you." And then it's whatever. Um, so John Walters <laughs> is zero and two. <laughs> Xavier's one and zero. Um, but then, uh, anything else on that? Uh, no, I, that was, yeah, pretty much summed up. I'd say I did, they, they did get me from a very lackluster, not from their part, but like what, how I was yeah. feeling watching it. I wasn't quite up for it and they were, uh, yeah, I think they were, had a good match and there was some exciting moments in there to be fair. And, uh, also exciting moments in this next match, we got Teddy Hart. Versus TJ Wilson, two two Canadians making the trek to Philly. Um, both of their debuts in Ring of Honor. Did you by any chance see that recent Teddy Teddy Hart documentary? I've heard a review of it. I haven't seen it personally myself. Have you seen it? It's pretty wild. I mean, it was a while ago. Yeah, when I watched it. So I only I vaguely. The only things I remember is that he had like multiple girlfriends at the same time that he lived with, and he also had like thirty cats. Yeah, maybe more than that. The last time I saw him, I think was in um, <laughs> it was it. We saw him at uh, uh, the last Mania in New York in an indie show, and he like threw a cat in the air and caught it because I think the cat's so drugged out. And then oh, we saw man, him on yeah. the concourse at Mania, and I was I'd had a few drinks that night, but I'm pretty <laughs> certain he had the cat in the in the concourse at WrestleMania, which I'm not sure how he got in, but he's Teddy Hart, so he seems to be able to get away it's with a therapy it. cat. Uh, yeah, yeah cat, obviously. Um, but yeah, in the documentary, he'll take his, like each cat and like make it do a backflip and then catch it is like, OK, I'm sure a cat likes it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no cats here. Only CM Punk on commentary. Like you said earlier, it, it, it was hard to pay attention to what was happening. To be fair, there wasn't much particularly exciting happening in this match. But man, Punk took this time to really build up to his match later with uh, Terry Funk says that uh, he's going to cripple Terry Funk later. And Chris Lovey is like, Oh, how could you do that? <laughs> Such like, he's like a cartoon character. It was obnoxious, but um, the, the crowd was pretty receptive. So it was very like chain, chain wrestling heavy in the beginning, a lot of submission counters, some pretty innovative, like DDTs and stuff like that. And Teddy Hart ultimately hits a flying DDT from the top rope. It's like pretty gnarly. Followed by a shooting star press for the win. So Teddy Hart gets the win. And uh, yeah, just fun to see both these guys uh, so young here. Yeah, there was one really nice. I, I think I, I didn't write down who hit which, but I'm pretty sure it was TJ hit it. But he hit like a rolling German into the dragon suplex. Yeah, uh, that was pretty. Oh, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, then, but yeah, I say I'd agree with you. Most of the time I was just um, taken out of it by the by punk. I mean, he is a good sort of. <laughs> He is good at building up to his match and he's a good sort of promo, but maybe this mm. isn't the right time to be doing it. Yeah, like, I'm sure. Well, you know what's interesting? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure they do the commentary after the fact. They do. So, definitely, they definitely do. Yeah. At this stage. Maybe, maybe they like, ah, this match was the shits. So let's <laughs> use this match to build up that match. So whatever. But. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they could have easily done a, like, yeah, re um, re-record of the country if they didn't like it so they must have oh, yeah. they must have thought it was a better it was more important to build up even though people have already bought the dvd so 
I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get a turn off before punk. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gonna hit rewind on this one. Uh, but Teddy gets the win here, and then he walks behind the curtain and runs into Special K, <laughs> who, uh, first of all, I mean, Teddy, if, if there's anyone meant for Special K, it's Teddy Hart. Exactly. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> um, I don't know if he eventually becomes a part of it, but by golly, he should if he doesn't. It's hard, but sometimes it's just like there's a thousand of them. And it's like, oh, Teddy Hart might be in there. Yeah. It was, and they all just sort of take the piss out of him for not being able to be a high flyer enough. Did they? It's like this motherfucker just won with a shooting star press. What do you want? <laughs> just because he did some arm bars in it. But, well, whatever. Yeah, Special K is not happy with them. But that'll come into play later. It so, will be. Um, we get a Raven promo. So he says that his match with Steve Carino is going to be Raven's Rules, which, by the way, so we kind of alluded to it earlier, the CM Punk-Raven feud. So this stage of it, CM Punk and Raven both both get to choose each other's opponents on this show. Raven chose Terry Funk to face CM Punk, and CM Punk ch- chose Steve Carino to face Raven, which is this next match. But yeah, Steve Carino versus Raven. Uh, my... Uh, the high point of this, honestly, is probably the introduction, I would say. Uh, Bobby Cruz, who is uh, would go on to be the the uh, permanent ring announcer. I think to this day he still is. Uh, but I think at this point he was like Steve Carino's personal ring announcer. Okay. Yeah. And, um, he's, and so the last time Steve Carino had a match, I think it was his match with Homicide. Bobby Cruz like ran down all the championships that he won. And it was like five minutes where like, the SPWA middleweight <laughs> United States. Like, it was like all these fake sounding titles. But ne- this time, Bobby Cruz runs down every person that Steve Carino has beat, <laughs> which is a uh, fair play to him. Kind of an impressive list. I mean, he had like Samoa Joe on there. He had Sandman on there. Uh, who else? Didn't have Raven. No, not Raven. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Rodney Mack. I mean, just the tops <laughs> of the tops. <laughs> so, uh, and then we got Raven coming out. Bald Raven, which I believe it was like an angle on TNA where he got shaved by James Mitchell. Yeah, so so I was doing some research into like trying to work out where in the timeline of the Punk Raven feud it was. And apparently that they, they'd wanted to do the hair match Punk v Raven. But TNA oh. said, no, we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. I don't know how true that is, but it seemed like, yeah, that, that TNA basically nixed it and said that nah, and then did it themselves. <laughs> That's so funny. What are you going to do? Make put his hair back? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I, I hope that's true. It's true in my head. Yeah, it is not. I, I, I'll take it. It's, it's true. Yeah. Ra- Bald Raven is a sight to see. He looks straight out of. Uh, what did Punk say? Like out of a concentration camp, <laughs> a, a line. But uh, yeah, uh, the match itself, I don't know. It didn't really do much for me. What do what, you think of this one? No, I, I, it was sort of a pretty unmemorable, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have much to write down. Uh, <laughs> and not, yeah, I, can't, I, can't, I only watched it this morning and I can't really. <laughs> I, I, I watched I, it last I, night. Outside and, of the finish, yeah. I can't. <laughs> really bring much to the much but it's raven's paper. rules james <laughs> there was a chair yeah i think um yeah i mean it was kind of by the books you know steve carino beats on raven for a bit raven makes his comeback he does all the classic you have the clotheslines 
the knee lift, the corner bulldog. And then we have all sorts of uh, shenanigans here. And we should say Steve Carino is with Simply Luscious, who is going by her real name, uh, Veronica Stevens. So Veronica's with Steve Carino, also Guillotine Legrand. I guess it's like an ECW guy. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't work out who that guy was. I couldn't, when, even when he said his name. Okay. <laughs> Didn't seem important to me. So <laughs> I, I breezed on by it. Uh, at some point in the match, well, Stevens gets in there and Raven puts her over his knee and spanks her because that's what you do with women in, yeah. in the wrestling. Carino <laughs> uh, locks in a Cobra clutch onto Raven, takes advantage of the distraction. Raven tries to roll out. Carino holds on, but Raven eventually does fight out, hits the Raven effect onto Carino. But by God, CM Punk storms the ring, pulls the ref out, and uh, Raven chases Punk around the ring, into the ring, runs into a super kick from Steve Carino, and Carino pins him one, two, three. So Steve Carino now adds Raven to that list. It was Steve Carino using a super kick as a finisher at this point. I guess I, I wasn't really sure. Yeah, it just seemed like quite a, even with the distraction that just that one super kick was seemed a little soft to put him down. Unless it's his finish, and fair enough. But I, yeah, I wasn't not, uh, familiar enough with uh, Steve Carino to to know his finisher. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you really either. I mean, <laughs> um, feels like every match I watch of his, he loses. <laughs> so I'm, I wasn't sure. that 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 Cobra Clutch, I believe, is usually what he uses to finish yeah, off matches. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess, I mean, I, maybe they're playing off of the distraction. It was like a flash KO of sorts, if you want to look at it that way. But yeah, for Raven, who had just been through all these wars and that clockwork orange <laughs> steel cage match and the dog collar match, it's like, oh, boom, kick, you're done. Wouldn't survive in modern day wrestling if you can't kick out of a super <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then Punk gets back in there, beats him down. But Karina was pissed at Punk. He's like, I didn't need your help. And then they Punk and Carino face off. And then Carino slaps Punk. And then Punk leaves. Or I think he gets pulled away from like by like Colt Cabana or something or the refs or whoever's out there. And then Raven and Carino shake hands. This is like a weird dynamic here with like the heels and the faces and who likes each other and who doesn't like each other. But apparently Raven and Carino have respect for each other, but neither of them like Punk is where is where we're at, I guess. It seems to be a, a lot of people seem to not like punk. I can't blame them. I can't blame them. It's, some things never change, right? Yeah. Uh, but after that, we got a four corner survival match. We got Chris Saban versus Matt Stryker with a Y versus AJ Styles versus Colt Cabana. So uh, this is like a period in Ring of Honor where they have they pretty much every show. They have like a four way yeah. match with like. It's pretty much like the after, like they put the card together and they're like, who's left? Who's like a, a notable <laughs> name that's left? And like they throw them all in this match. Uh, but they're generally pretty good. And this one is a, a pretty fun showcase of all these guys. Um, you got you gave Colt Cabana the ability to show some of his character work. He does like he like spit like there. He's like on the apron and he spits at AJ and then AJ throws his gum at him. And you got like. Colt Cabana does like the he like goes to like do a suicide dive, but then he just like walks through ropes <laughs> yeah. and like forearms them, which is funny. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of fun spots in this one. Anything about this match catch your eye? Yeah, I, 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 really, I really enjoyed this. Uh, there was one bit when there was there's a couple of people doing some moves in the ring, and then just Sabin comes out of nowhere with a flying elbow 
like literally he's, not, he's yeah. not on the screen. I think I can't remember who'd hit either Styles hit Cavana or Striker or one of them hit the other, and then just saving just comes flying in, and that was impressive. Uh, there's some yeah. really nice sequences, I think, between Styles and Chris Sabin. And then to me, oh, Sabin yeah. was a standout in this, as so much as uh, I think maybe I don't think I've seen him wrestle singles much. Uh, obviously, he's been renowned mm-hmm. more for his for his tag team stuff, but um, yeah, this is sort of as you say, it's a great spot. Uh, these sort of matches to showcase people and, and to get them a bit more exposure to the audience. I can't work out how much Sabin had been in. I don't remember him being in ROH so much when I was watching. I might be completely wrong, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought he was a standout for me personally. I think at this point he's only been wrestling for a few years, and um, he probably I think I think he debuted in Ring of Honor maybe like towards the beginning of this year, and I don't know how long he stays. But yeah, with you, I'm not really familiar with his run in Ring of Honor, but he did he did definitely stand out in this match. Um, he hits like a top rope neck breaker onto Cole Cabana from um, Chris Saban does. You got uh, AJ counters a Alabama slam from Chris Saban with the, I guess it looked like a Canadian destroyer. Uh, there's a lot of really yeah. impressive spots in this one. Matt Stryker is another one because Matt Stryker is a guy that people might, if people like it, see the people in this match and they're like, he's the one that sticks out is like, who's that guy? Um, and this isn't Matt Stryker with the, the fucking chalkboard and the you know, <laughs> underground commentary. This is a different Matt Stryker. Um, and he's very I, I've kind of described him before as like a less exciting version of Brian Danielson a little bit. And before this, he was very he's very his matches are very chain wrestling. You know, it's very wrestling. It's very submission based. But in this match, he was throwing out a lot of like high flying stuff like springboard drop kicks and lion salt. It, it appeared to me that he was trying to diversify himself and try to like make himself stand out in a different way. Are you familiar with Matt Stryker? Yeah, at so all? That's the exact thought I had. Um, Cause my memory of Matt Stryker was uh, similar to the sort of, um, I sort of remember having a really long feud with John Walters um, involving like the pure title and yeah. um, that sort of thing. Um, and I remember him more of that sort of, that sort of, yeah, wrestler. And, and in this match he did, I had literally the same thought you did. This showed a different side of Matt Striker that I don't particularly remember. I'm not sure if he leaned into it much after this or, or right. before it. But uh, yeah, no, he came across very, a much different uh, versatile wrestler in this match than, than he normally would. Yeah, I think the company has a lot of stock in him because I think it was the show before this or maybe two shows before this. He faced against uh, Just Incredible in like a street fight type of match. So they're like trying to like put him yeah. in different situations to like have different styles, which I appreciate, but ultimately didn't really amount to much, I guess. But I mean, I guess he, he had a pretty good run in the pure division, so that's nothing to sneeze at. But um, but ultimately, Matt Stryker is the one that loses this match to the Colts 45 from Colt Cabana. It looks brutal. The little yeah. butterfly backbreaker on the shoulder move and uh, Colt gets the win and I guess moves up in the rankings, I suppose, because I think Matt Stryker was in there somewhere. Matt Stryker was number uh, three. Oh, of course. I didn't. I didn't write, note the rankings down in case they came in. <laughs> we well, got it on your wall, one. right? You got the. We got the top five rankings. I got, yeah, you got those ones where you can move like like the helmets you get. You can. Check, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, fun, fun little match there. Fun showcase. They always have to have like these scrambly matches. Just do cool moves, and they accomplished that. But we're back with. Uh, well, I guess we touched on Dan Moff and his stupid flip phone. <laughs> Um, but at this point in the show, he's getting updates from Allison and he's like, 
wait, is Xavier with us or is he against us? And he's like, oh, well, call, call me after a Daniels match. Yeah, and I was then, just like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see the point of two <laughs> promos. Yeah, I get that update, man. <laughs> <laughs> this big ass head with this tiny phone. It was just, a, it, was, it was a visual. It was a visual. Yeah, it was, it was entertaining to be fair. But <laughs> not showing the but that, that that wasn't a part of the promo though, because the cameras were just they were um, you know, a, a fly on the wall because he gets off the phone, he like flips the phone down, and the guy behind the camera, I guess, is like, All right, you ready to shoot the promo now? And he's like, No, I don't want to. <laughs> and then I don't think we see him after that, but or if we do, I forgot. But uh but after that, uh well, first of all. Cole Cabana's cutting a promo. He's excited about his win. But CM Punk interrupts him. And he starts because they didn't build up to his match earlier enough. So he's like <laughs> shitting on Terry Funk some more. He's like, yeah, you're pilled. Yeah, you, you were in Philly. You're a god here because they love all the drugs that you do. And it's like, okay. Um, I mean, CM Punk, <laughs> I mean, promo wise. Well, I guess there's some other names on this show, but I feel like CM Punk was just so much better than everybody else in terms of promos, especially in this era. Yeah. There was one line something like he's just about like beating the odds, beating the gods. So I like he's just oh. got he's got a little way with it, hasn't he? Uh, I mean and when it's in when it's in a position that it needs to be. I said I'm a one of the biggest CM Punk fanboys. So I've even said anything negative about him is surprising me. But yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um no yeah but I think when he's actually cutting a promo when he's meant to be uh, I thought, yeah, he was uh, it was really good. And we got a couple of them in the show, didn't we? We get another one later on, but <laughs> we do. We do. Lucky <laughs> us. Uh, so uh, at this point, so the tag team champions before the show were AJ Styles and Amazing Red. But Amazing Red had to get like knee surgery, I think it was. So he's going to be out for over a year, according to commentary. So they are putting on a Ring of Honor tag team title gauntlet. Which is the next match we got? Uh, we'll run through it as we go through the match. Didn't, didn't, it didn't invite AJ Styles to be in it with another partner, did they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is that's how they won it too, because it was going to be AJ and Paul London facing off against whoever I think the Prophecy were the champions. But then Paul London was injured, so he got Amazing Red to fill in, and they won the titles. So it's like, why couldn't you just do that again? <laughs> Bring Paul London back, maybe I don't know. Um. But it's it weirdly starts off as a six man. That's so we got yeah, this was I couldn't work out why this. I mean, apart from to get just incredible on the card, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, that's really what it was. Uh, you got the Carnage crew, which is comprised of DeVito, Loke and just incredible versus the first special K team. There'll be another <laughs> special K team later in the match. This first one, I think it was Angel Dust, Deranged and Hydro, right? Yeah. Sure, might Jay as well Lethal, be. <laughs> Jay Lethal was knocking around with Nina. <laughs> it's Jay Lethal and all the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Punk, and Punk doesn't know their names either, by the way. He's like, who's this guy? He has to keep asking games. <laughs> I, I, I give Jim Ross so much shit for his current commentary mm-hmm. and not knowing the product. <laughs> but like, and, this, and this is Punk doing the same thing in post-production as well, so I don't know what <laughs> that is. <laughs> Um, yeah, when he was, he did do an impression of the count uh, at this point, which 
when the other guy <laughs> was not even talking about the match and just in the background you could just hear punk counting suplexes <laughs> like he's on sesame street which was which, which did make me laugh but <laughs> Yeah, just just incredible pulling out the seven amigos. <laughs> like you said, Punk's like one, two, <laughs> all the way to seven. He's just punch drunk in the commentary booth, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Carnage crew, special K. It's it's a it, the feud writes itself. It's like the white or the blue collar guys versus the young kids with their parents' money. So the feud makes sense and it's fine for what it is. And I guess this is just furthering that feud here. There was some more, I think it was at this point, there was some more uh, problematic 2003 treatment of women. Was there? Do tell. When they pulled uh, Becky Bayliss in, or was it when the Briscoes had got in by that point? I thought it was pretty, I'm pretty sure it was here. And they pulled mm-hmm. the uh, Becky Bayliss in, and then Chris Lowey's like, she's a slut. Uh, she's making her daddy's money. <laughs> That's actually from the last show. So okay. they do this every show. Right. <laughs> Well, look at that slut. Every time they reference her, it's like, oh, it's that slut Becky. I bet she's had a lot of sex before this. (laughs) Yeah, fine. Really? Well, not fine. but (laughs) (laughs) No, you co-signed it. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so the Carnage crew, they have this like crazy double powerbomb on the one of the Special K guys. They like toss him in the air, catch him into like a powerbomb neckbreaker. They could have pinned him, but just Incredibles like, no, no, let me tombstone them from the second rope. So they go to do that, like a spike tombstone from the second. But then uh, the rest of the special K guys interfere and it's, it's a schmoz. Everybody's fighting everybody and Chris or the Carnage crew. They got straps, which is a, an, or a, a reference to the last show where. Special K attacked them with straps in between matches, like during intermission or something. So, but that gets the Carnage crew DQ'd. So, Carnage crew are eliminated, and uh, Special K apparently is fine. They they could stay in. And uh, I don't know like how they chose which two to face off this next team, but it doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah, you just got to take one to get subbed off, like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they, like, they looked at like the sort of um, when you're playing the sort of SmackDown games or something, and whoever had the least power bar, they thought, well, we'll get him out because he's nice <laughs> guy to go first. But <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> um, but the Briscoes are in next because it's a gauntlet match, and uh, Jay. Br- so first, first of all, so the Briscoes are in, and uh, commentary is like, yeah, Jay Briscoe is going to face Joe for the title in Baltimore. Like, okay, you're gonna spoil the main event, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did I that a few times that. too. Um, but like, like, Homicide had a promo where he's like, I'm gonna face you for the title, Joe, in a month or whatever. Samoan um, Joe, he called him, <laughs> yes, <laughs> three he's times. Not wrong, he's not wrong. He's Samoan <laughs> Joe. Uh, yeah, Briscoe, the Briscoes are in. I always love seeing the Briscoes. Uh, it's, it's fun seeing like the Briscoes and Jay Lethal here going at it. Very yeah. young versions of them. Very that would young. be a staple of honor. The beard. <laughs> oh yeah, dude! And the singlets and oh, it's just crazy. Um, Punk they hit a put over the Briscoes quite a lot. To be fair, I guess uh, if you're not BJ Whitmer, he's willing <laughs> to do that for you. <laughs> or Special K. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair. He just didn't know who Special K was, so yeah, <laughs> he, he might have put him over if he knew. 
But uh, yeah, they hit a uh, a springboard J driller onto J lethal. And that gives that gets them the win here. So this is the first special K team is eliminated. And then out comes Dunn and Marcos, the ring crew express. <laughs> they uh, decide to cut a promo before they get to the action. It was like, why wouldn't you want to pick the bones off the t-? And the commentary even said that. But uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Dunn and Marcos, they're going to they're going to rock you like a hurricane. James, so. <laughs> uh, the top tag team in Ring of Honor, according to them, even though I think they they have one win to their record, which, you know, fair play more than I have. Um, Dunn and Marcos, they get a little offense in. I mean, they're the jobber tag team. It is what it is. Ultimately, they get hit with a springboard doomsday from the Briscoes and get eliminated. Uh, yeah, you big Mar- Dunn and Marcos guy. Um, not so much. No, I didn't hate them. I think they come. I don't think this was their place. To be honest, I, well, my notes just was uh, Briscoes destroyed Dunn and Marcos <laughs> as they should. And um, I, I remember Dunn and Marcos having pretty terrible gear throughout their entire career. No, I mean, look around. I mean, nobody has. Yeah, well, we just saw Teddy Hart. <laughs> yes, fair. <laughs> I, I did make yeah. me think. Like, I wonder what happened to some of these guys. Like, what? like uh, Dun and Marcos. Like Dun and Marcos, and and some of like the other special K people who aren't Jay Lethal. Did any of them make it anywhere? Well, um, God, what's his name? Slim J is a prominent figure on uh, Ring of Honor today. He's, yeah, he's appeared on like AW Rampage and stuff. Yeah. He's with um what's their name? He's with Ari Davari and uh Trust Tony Nice. Trustbusters, yeah. yes. <laughs> so um he's not, he's I've seen some of his recent matches. I mean he's he could still go. But to be fair, he's probably like twelve here. So. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so are Dixie and Izzy, who come in next, the next special K team. And uh at this point. Because Chris Lovey keeps bringing up Lucy, who was in uh, the Second City Saints with CM yeah. Punk and Coca Bana, who's, who's Daphne. And she got attacked a couple shows ago, but nobody knows who attacked her. And CM Punk, because Chris Lovey keeps bringing it up, and Punk's like, oh, you know what? If you're going to keep bringing that up, I'm leaving. So CM Punk leaves. Then Ray Morrow, thank God, comes back, uh, the, the normal commentator in this era. So we are spared of. Uh, was. Lucy, is Lucy and Daphne the same person? Yes. So yeah. Get, yeah. You wouldn't know because you didn't see her on the show, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd remember Lucy. I mean, I because I know they. Yeah, they, I, I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> was she Lucy? I don't know if because I know she was in WCW. Was she Lucy at WCW? Or I, do you I, know? I'm not that, again. WCW it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't mine either. Yeah, so I had, so, like yeah, seen like gonna, little clips of her when, when we do quizzes and WCW comes up. I'm. <laughs> Might as well resign. <laughs> <laughs> um, always guess Vader. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good call. <laughs> so we got the Briscoes versus uh, Dixie and Izzy here, which th- this part of the match is pretty fun. Like the match started to ramp up as it went on. Yeah. You got uh, Jay hits a power bomb on Tonta Izzy. Mark, Mark Briscoe hits a moonsault. Dixie makes the save. But ultimately, Angel Dust gets back on the apron, distracts the ref, and this and Izzy distracts Mark, and this allows Dixie to hit a spring. You keeping track of those names, folks? Yeah. This allows Dixie <laughs> to hit a springboard stunner onto Mark Briscoe for the win. 
If I didn't write it down, I wouldn't know who did what. I don't yeah, even know if that's I went right, with a more uh, succinct numbers game catches up with the briskets. <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah, you know what? You, you should be running this. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, no, I did the, um, yeah, I thought the, the, it all sort of kicked on the last sort of, and, the, and the next, uh, the next yeah. pairing as well. Um, it really jumped into action and uh, yeah, it got me, uh, got me up and going this morning, that one. I would agree. Yeah, and this brings out the Backseat Boys, who are the final team. So the finals of this is the Backseat Boys versus Special K. And I'll tell you, I would have been happy just seeing these two just have a one on or two on two match. Because sure. uh, this this last you know couple minutes was awesome. I mean, uh, any spots in this last little like sprint uh, catch your eye? Again, I've I've, I've <laughs> I went with uh, just a sort of like pace double teams and dives. Uh, this is a hard one to take notes on. It, it was, yeah, sure. it, I say that like, I'm I'm not a great note taker, as you might be figuring out. As oh, it's sort of if, I, if I if I try if I if I try I'm trying to watch, I struggle to like yeah get everything written down, and it's just yeah. sort of like, did what caught you sort of thing. But yeah, I, I did really enjoy it uh, from a from a from a match point of view for certain. Yeah, for sure. Um, Backseat Boys, Johnny Cashmere, Trent Acid, so good, so good. You got Johnny Cashmere. He does like a this like UFO into a TKO, which looked gnarly. Um, Cashmere like jumps out onto the outside, onto all of Special K, except Dixie, which leaves Dixie and Trent Acid to go at it in the middle of the ring. And ultimately, the Backseat Boys hit the dream sequence onto Dixie, which is like, uh, <laughs> try to keep them straight. <laughs> it's like a series of moves. It's like, you know, a drop kick, drop to a hold, kick to the face kind of thing. Um, uh, Special K, they fight back. They do this, like, I don't know how you call it. They, like, have Cashmere like a baby in between them. Then they throw him backwards and drop him around on his head. And uh, they go for the T gimmick onto Cashmere, which is the Backseat Boys is double team finisher. But Cashmere breaks it up and they him and Acid hit the T gimmick onto Izzy, which is like a choke slam, but, you know, under the arms kind of deal. And they pin Izzy with it. So we got new champs here, the backseat boys. And uh, yeah. Any other thoughts? I mean, we, we kind of covered a lot of it, but any yeah, other thoughts no, on this it, gauntlet? Yeah, really enjoy it. And uh, going into the match and trying to sort of from studying Ring of Honor history and doing, you know, name all the champions, I... I was thinking the Briscoes would kind of come out with the win here based on who was in it. I did um, too. And then, yeah, when they went down, I was like, well, Special K can't win. But <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't seem to remember Backseat Boys uh, runs. I'm not sure how, maybe it's not, maybe it's a short one. So, but they did, they, but they looked great today and they were so over. And uh, yeah, just, just the pace and energy they came in. Obviously coming in at the end of a gauntlet, you can come in fresh. But yeah, I thought mm-hmm. they were really impressive in, in this one. Yeah, yeah, like you, I had no idea they had a run. I know uh, Carnage Crew eventually wins the titles, I believe, and obviously the yeah. Briscoes. So yeah, my money was on one of those two, so I was very surprised by this. But um, there might be a, might be a Ring Crew Express rain in there. I hope so. That, oh, that talk dirty right, to me. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if not yet, then someday. Yes. Book it, Tony Khan. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then we got a homicide promo promo after that. At this point, he's in Japan fighting for zero one. So he's on excursion for a bit. So this is why he's not on this show, uh, which is a shame because homicides so far, he's been the MVP of 2003 from what I've seen. So 
Um, definitely a missed presence on this show, but he's a part of the Rottweilers, which is a faction that's getting off the ground here with him. Julius Smokes, uh, Slugger and Benny Blanco, I believe his name is. Um, I don't know if they build off of that, but uh, that's kind of what they got going on now. And that's basically what homicides kind of solidifying here. And he's also uh, he's mad at Loki because Loki was like, why are you why are you running with these? I'm sorry. He's like, <clears throat> Yo, why are you running with these thugs? <laughs> you, 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 where you come from? Be ready. And then homicides like, yo, you, you disrespected me. And then he challenges Samoan Joe as well. So a lot, lot going on in this promo from Homicide. But, well, I say I, I, uh, I just put yeah. It, it seemed like a bit of a rambling all over the place promo. Like he, yes, he, it wasn't like concentrated on. He was going after Loki, but he was going after Samoan Joe. Uh, There's a lot of Julius Smokes chat, and it, yeah, it just seemed to be very unconcentrated and sk- skipping around all over the spot. And yeah, it's I, like he was distracted. It's like he was like watching. TV and then somebody was like, "Hey, cut a promo real quick." But he was like trying to focus on the TV. <laughs> yeah. he, he wasn't. He wasn't all in it. But yeah, uh, it was. A, it was a strange one because, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Say homicide go going on is something. Yeah, I think you will enjoy his work. Say, yeah. If you enjoy what he's done already, I think he goes and it will only go on to be a to bigger and better things as 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 you go through this journey. But yeah, that one was a bit of a weird weird one. <laughs> it was something. But speaking of bigger and better things, Alexis Lurie is on to bigger and better things going on to WWE to become Mickey James. So this is her last appearance for Ring of Honor. Um, Gary Michael Capetta is in the middle of the ring. Alexis comes out. Streamers hit the ring. The crowd is chanting, um, is chanting for her. So everybody clearly knows this is her last show. GMC's like I, I before you're uh, he's, he's basically congratulating her for going to WWE crowds chanting, please don't go. Um, so they clearly because even you know, the state of women's wrestling at this point is pretty dire. But Mickey James has had a, a few pretty good matches so far in Ring of Honor. I mean, the only good matches in Ring of Honor from the women have been have involved her. Yeah. Um, so she's made her presence in the time she's been there. But as Alexis is thanking everybody, Special K interrupts because we haven't had enough of them. <laughs> and, um, they is pretty bizarre. They like gang up on Alexis. They go to like hit her with a chair. Or I'm sorry, they don't. They don't hit her with a chair. They just like gang up on her. And then Joey Matthews makes the save with a chair. So the story here, because Joey Matthews was in Special K. But I guess he left for rehab, which I don't know if he actually went to rehab. I know at one point he did, but I don't know if that I don't know if that's how they rid him off or wrote him off. But um, but I guess he's back now and he's no longer he no longer does the special case stuff. So he doesn't like those guys. So he's in there to save Alexis Lurie. He runs them all off with a chair and then Alexis kisses them. They make out in the middle of the ring and then Joey Matthews. Clotheslines the shit out of her. <laughs> it was my biggest laugh of the show. Watching this, it was just unnecessary. They uh, special K. They grab Alexis. They hold her arms behind her. Joey Matthews has a chair. He's gonna whack her in the face with this chair. And then Slugger comes out, who was also a former member of Special K, the bodyguard of them. But the last show, he kind of left them hanging. 
but it's kind of up in the air. Is he with them? Is he with the Rottweilers? But Slugger gets in. And then uh, Joy Matthews is like, hey, all right, Slugger, you hit her with the chair. And then Slugger ends up knocking out Joey Matthews with the chair. Julia Smokes, Benny Blanco, they storm the ring. The Rottweilers run off Special K. Julia Smokes is wearing a fedora. And uh, a lot going on here. I don't know if he's trying to be slick or what, but uh, and Julia Smokes. I'm realizing as I'm saying this how ridiculous this is. <laughs> uh, Julia Smokes. Uh, calls for the bell because he's he, he can do that, I guess. Now he's a referee and he determines what the matches are. Uh, Hijinx is in the ring from Special K. Alexis is in there. So her and Hijinx have a match. Alexis wins with a reverse DDT and then Slugger puts her on his shoulders. And that's all I got. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah, it, it was an interesting turn of events. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I could... Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what this show is. It was, <laughs> I, I don't feel like hijinks is going very far in his career based on this. You're not a big hijinks guy. He didn't look great. He did one one good move, I think, at the start, and then just looked uh, out of his depth. And uh, Alexis carried him to a nice squash. Um, I should have asked you this earlier, but how many, without looking at any notes, how many special K members can you name? A Hydro, mm-hmm. uh, Angel Dust, Izzy and Dixie, Becky Bayliss, Lacey in it, yeah. You mean that slut Becky? That slut Becky, sorry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't know hijinks was a thing. Uh, Deranged? Yeah. There's one called Deranged, I think. Yes, yes. He's probably like one of the better members. Him and Angel Dust, I feel like, well, mm. other than Jay Lethal. And uh, Cloudy? Uh, there's lit. There's um, I could I could just say any word. <laughs> it would sound, I, I believe it, it would yeah. sound true. <laughs> um, but yeah, but from Special K to something a little different, we got Jim Cornette cutting a from <laughs> This show is all over the place. Um, but Jim Cornette, it's it's a pre-recorded promo, and so a few months ago at Wrath of the Racket, uh, Jim Cornette made an appearance on Ring of Honor, and he basically uh, endorsed the prophecy. He was their manager that night, and then uh, the prophecy basically made a fool of him. They turned on him. I think Samoa Joe had to make the save or something like that, but Jim Cornette's still pretty peeved about that. He's like, ah, the prophecy, I'm coming back to get my revenge. And uh, I forget how he worded it, but he was like, I've had more main events than you guys have jacked off yeah it, or something it was, it was something yeah it was uh it'll he, sound better in your accent yeah it, it was something like um he said he used some line that rick flair had said to me like i've had more women than you've had ti- no i've had more mm-hmm. title reigns than you've had women to somebody and then said and he went with yeah i've had more <laughs> uh then you've performed self gratification or something and yeah, like, yeah i heard about <laughs> you in the showers daniels high <laughs> school which made me think it's like is that a real was, story there's gotta be some truth behind that it was a um yeah i hadn't heard that one before uh, <laughs> again i'll believe it 
Um, but yeah, so I guess Jim Cornette is going to be, he's going to be in Baltimore, I think, which I don't know if that's the next show or the one after it, but he'll be there soon. Thank God. Uh, next match, the co-main event here, I believe. We got uh, Punk versus Funk. CM Punk versus Terry Funk. Doesn't sound like a match that actually happened, but it is. And um, so, again, this is Raven chose Terry, Terry Funk to face CM Punk. So that's why the match is happening. Um, the match, I mean, you said it earlier. There's not a lot to this match. And how could there be with Terry Funk being 87 years old? Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, though, CM Punk came off like a star. I felt like between his entrance and the promo he cut before the match. He, it felt you could tell, I guess with hindsight, we have the benefit of that, but you could tell he's like the star among all these people on the roster right now. Uh, yeah, definitely agree. I thought, yeah, a really good promo, uh, promo, promo from Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, coming into starting off just about uh, Funk, you, you retired the first time when I was four. And it, what, right. what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> and just leaning on that and just making a point yeah. that it wasn't about the win, he just wanted to crippling basically wasn't like yes yeah he was like i don't know if he said it in the promo or if it was just on commentary but he's like i'm gonna attack his knees so he can't you know so yeah like you said he's always crippled um and that does come into play here but before we get there terry terry funk's like trying to do the ring of honor thing and he's doing some chain wrestling in the beginning which is pretty much can, just like can i just put the uh, terry funk as he came out and you hear someone in the crowd go Where's the music? He's like, I don't need any goddamn music. <laughs> it just comes out with yes. no music, which I quite enjoyed. That's badass too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, where? Yeah. Um, I mean, Punk was talking shit. I mean, not talking shit throughout the match, but like, Punk would like be beating on him, and Funk would be like, "Oh, you bastard! Oh, god damn!" Like the whole time, which is You're hilarious. <Yeah>. There was a lot uh, of talking in the match from both sides. Uh, um, yeah, they just punk right. came came across as like an absolute dick. I thought it was brilliant in that. Uh, and then just yeah, just, mean, just waiting for him to get his comeuppance at some point. Um, the, the the inmates are running the asylum here because <laughs> uh, Julius Smokes can make matches, and also <laughs> apparently Punk can change the stipulation because they're in the middle of the they're they're fighting on the outside. And then Funk's down, and then CM Punk grabs a mic. He's like, this match is now a hardcore match. <laughs> and he drops the mic. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess it's a hardcore match. Uh, chair shots from Punk. Terry Funk's like, God damn, you son of a bitch. You yeah. can't hit harder than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he hits him again, and Terry Funk's like, oh, ow, shit. <laughs> um, so you asked him. You asked him. Uh, uh Funk, I mean, there's a table spot. There's a table spot here. There's a table ringside. Uh, Terry Funk suplexes Punk off the apron through the table, but Funk doesn't fall off the apron. Thank well, God. I, it was at um, this point when I started my uh, Terry Funk bumps uh, chart. How many bumps will Terry Funk take in this match? Because uh, I felt there might be zero, but there was one. They got to one. He missed that moonsault, which I counted as a bump. Oh God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that Terry Funk because I'm watching this early on, Funk is moving very slow. Like even when Punk is through the table, he gets down there and he like gingerly grabs his head and like smashes Punk's head against the remnants of the table. It's like, okay, we're moving in slow motion here, but it's Terry Funk, so it's fine. 
Uh, we got like spinning toe holds in the middle of the rings. It's like, okay, it's going to be that kind of match. And like you said, ter- all of a sudden, Terry Funk just busts out a moonsault from the top <laughs> rope. A pretty, pretty nice looking one. Very misses. Um, and then uh, I think because there's they like trade submission. Oh, no. He hits the moonsault. Hurts his knee. It's great sell by Terry Funk. He's like, oh, damn. <laughs> and then Punk sees it. And I, I love like the desperation from Punk because he, he went out there to hurt his knee. And now he's like, like a shark seeing blood. Attacks the knee. He takes the chair, smashes his knee over and over again, locks in a figure four. Um, and then, you know, Funk reverses. They go back and forth a little bit there. But then, um, oh, that, that, then Punk locks in the figure four one more time. Funk grabs the ropes, but Punk does not release because he doesn't care about winning. Like you said, he just wants to cripple him. So that's, this gets CM Punk DQ'd. But Punk doesn't care. Cole in a heartbeat, comes match. out. In a heart. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. This was, this was my, I was just like, why are they rope breaking? <laughs> well, hey, maybe maybe they denied CM Punk's request for a hardcore match. <laughs> maybe that's what happened. Um, but then, yeah, Cole Cabana comes out. He puts his own figure four on Terry Funk because he's a dick, I guess. <laughs> uh, Bald Raven comes back out, makes the save. So does Tommy Dreamer. Randomly come, I guess Terry Funk's there. You gotta have Tommy Dreamer as well. Raven's uh, quite late but, to the party here. He lets t- is the man he's put out there, this old 58-year-old weather man that he's yeah. made go out and wrestle. He lets him get beaten up post-match for quite a while before he turns up, which I feel was a bit of a dick move from Raven. Yeah. I mean, you could just him putting Terry Funk in this match <laughs> is kind of a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah, young CM Punk, but whatever. Tommy Dreamer's here at least. To uh, make sense of all this, he uh, throws Colt Cabana in the ring. Raven, it's the Raven effect on the Colt. Terry Funk hits a stunner onto Colt. And then uh, Terry F- or, uh, Tommy Dreamer cuts a promo. He's like, yeah, you thought uh, I wouldn't be here when Terry Funk's wrestling in Philly. And thanks to fans and all that. So it was a cool little moment there. I mean, ultimately, this is all for nostalgia. And I think it served that purpose. And it was I was fairly entertained by a good chunk of this, I think. I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, I, I think it was, it did what it had to do. It, it, and, you know, so often in that sort of scenario, you'd see the the up and coming star get beat. Mm-hmm. And I, I, which, which would have been, I mean, I'm not saying it would have hurt Punk. He was on a bit of a hot streak on, on his way up. But I feel yeah. like there, there's no way you saw the physicality of and the physical shape of Terry Funk that. Punctured. I mean, I don't mind him losing by DQ, especially because it's part of a story told that he what he just yeah. went to injure him, and he he beat the guy up, and Terry Funk was very entertaining in taking his beating, <laughs> and yes, yeah. he always is, and uh, yeah, so it didn't really lose much from. I, I think Punk gained from it, which is what you know when you're bringing in these oh, yeah. veteran people, you want them to get. You want I, well, I always think you should be helping the younger talent. I mean get over at some point rather than just bury him. So I thought they did, did, did its job completely. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but that brings us to the main event. We got the Ring of Honor world title on the line. We got the champion Samoa Joe defending against Christopher Daniels. So first of all, I mean, this is probably like my match of the night. I love this match. Very um if there was a match that like had because I mean I knew Smojo was gonna win, but I mean it still it still gripped me. 
this match. There were some fun moments, especially towards the end. Um, but I mean, this this match has been building for like over a year at this point because and you kind of touched on it earlier, how Joe was brought in to the prophecy as like an assassin. But Joe didn't really like he didn't he didn't align with the prophecy and what they were about because the prophecy prophecy is very anti sportsmanship and anti ring of honor, like what they're all about. But Joe is very much like a guy's going to shake your hands after and before the match. And but Joe was there because he was getting paid. But then ultimately, Joe went over and joined the group with uh, Steve Carino and CW. That was stupid faction. But <laughs> um. So they like had like a faux breakup there, but there was never really like a, a moment where it's like, oh, fuck you and whatever. So and then Xavier wins the title in between all of this, which kind of left Christopher Daniels as almost the secondary guy for a while. So it's, a, it's been a weird build, especially like when I laid that out in the beginning, you might think like, oh, Joe's like the guy that's breaking off from the the guy that's abusing his power in the faction. But it felt like this. It felt like Christopher Daniels was the babyface here. I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, that's what one of the things. I, <clears throat> I was trying to work out what stage of the prophecy storyline it is because they they were obviously Daniels was a really popular uh, mm-hmm. wrestler, popular star. But not having Xavier with them, I think, helps him if they're trying to make him babyface because uh, yeah. he was a lot less likable from my memory. Um, again. Did his job well tonight, but uh, I seem to mm-hmm. I, I seem to remember him having a bit of a bit more heat. Uh, whereas Daniels, yeah, I think he, yeah, the crowd. It didn't seem like massively Daniels right at the start, but as the match went, and I think like mm-hmm. this is something. Uh, I mean, I was, this was something I went to ask actually. Um, as you see these sort of like, um, I think was this like the sixth or seventh Joe defense? I think I looked it up afterwards. Something like that, yeah. Um, I just sort of think as they sort of get more and more have you sort of sensed the crowd wanting to see this rain, like be there to see the rain end? Because as the sort of rain goes on, I feel like even mm-hmm. the some of the heels, when you think there might be a title change and the crowd like, oh, we might be here for that title change as the rain gets right. longer and longer, that some of the support will get... I don't think it's like ever like properly anti... Joe could always sort of flip between, um, as I'm sure you'll see or might have already seen, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just sort of got the impression that the crowd were like, oh, wow, we might actually see a title change. And this company doesn't do that very often. And I, as well as yeah. being with a popular wrestler like Daniels. Yeah, I mean, Joe, I forget like what month he won the title in. But I mean, it was, he's probably been champion for like six or seven months because um, they have roughly one show a month, I guess. So that would make sense. But. Um, so I don't know if it's really reached that territory of like a legendary reign. I don't know because Xavier had a pretty decently long reign. I don't remember if that was longer or shorter than where we're at now with Samoa Joe. But um, I mean, Joe and Daniels, they've been like the uh, the pillars of this company so far. So I feel like especially Daniels, Daniels yeah. in particular. So I think the crowd, especially with the Murphy Rec Center and this being like where it started and being the last show, it's like, OK, this would be this would be a perfect moment for Daniels to win. So maybe that's why the crowd was so like on the edge of their seat. And um, I think it's also a testament to how well they like built this up, like within the match, too, because Joe was like dominating early and uh, commentary was suggesting that maybe Daniels was like trying to make Joe punch himself yeah. out, which <laughs> sure. Um, what? Like, like, well, so that made me yeah. like after the match check 
the match times of what he'd been doing for his title matches. Because uh, <laughs> obviously, like when I like that's I'm sure people know he goes on to have some long matches in the future. <laughs> so mm, I thought, well, yeah, I wonder I if mean, he's been winning all these matches in like five or six minutes. His early matches, I mean, because the people he mentioned wrestling, like you sort of Dan Maths, BJ Whitmers, they're not quite the top level, yeah, guys. Um, but I think there was one or two were like around a similar length to this one um, had been, but it was an interesting sort of part of the story they that the commentary was was bringing. Yeah. To. Yeah, I guess he hasn't really had a lot of. I'm forgetting because this match here, it couldn't have been more than 20 minutes. I don't think. I think it went about 15, um, according yeah. to like cage match when I checked afterwards. But... Especially when I was expecting it to go an hour, basically yeah. time stamp. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, yeah. it's over now." <laughs> um, so yeah, we're weirdly short here. I don't know if they had like a time to meet, but as far as, far as Joe's reign, I mean. Like you said, BJ Whitmer and Dan Moff. He hasn't had a lot of epic matches, really. He even had a match with Paul London that was kind of whatever. Um, he, he had a great match with Homicide, which I think Homicide did reference in his promo. That's probably his best defense so far that I can remember. Um, so I don't think he's really reached that point of like the dominant, like the the aura hasn't really been built around him, at least not from what I'm seeing. So I think we're still very early on in that, but um i mean he's you know being consistent with defending the title and we, early on it wasn't always the main event so we he did seem quite sort of like fun loving at times in this match uh with stuff like him you know smiling with his with the face wash uh mm-hmm. tried to face wash alice in danger uh with a <laughs> with a sort of shrug you're in the you're in here um yeah and then, and then, even when they had the uh, after he got out, when Daniels tried the uh, the Olays, and he just the ref tried to stop right. him, and he started clapping against the ref's hands, so the ref was joining in the Olay claps before <laughs> <So> he hit <laughs> Daniels in the face, which was yeah, it seemed a lot more jovial than the Joe I, I remember from <laughs> back in the day. But... Samoa jovial, yeah, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Again, Joe's still like he's still blonde, like yeah. he's still figuring out his thing, but um, but yeah. Like you said, the old leg kicks against the barricade, all the classic Joe stuff. Um, beats on Daniels for a while, but then Daniels fights back. Hits hits all of his big moves. The blue thunder bomb, the best moonsault ever. Both of those get two counts that the crowd's all in for. So the BME um, was right on the cost. I felt the ref oh. quick counted, but it was <laughs> <laughs> Review the tape, but it was like it was very, as you say, very much like fight, uh, wrestling style babyface from Daniels, like fighting from underneath. Yes, and you get cut off like after one sort of thing. I mean, he got caught again with a power slam by Joe, and then all his sort of uh, comebacks would get cut off quite quickly before you sort of reach the, the finishing stretch. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you could argue that's probably where he thrives as the the babyface, but at least like in the ring, I guess, because he's, yeah. he's a good promo as a heel, but. Um, but then uh, Daniel sets the angel's wings and one, two kick out, but then the bell rings and the ref's like, no, 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 it was two. And then everybody's confused. Uh, but then Joe eventually locks in the coquina clutch. Uh, but Daniels fights out of it, but then Joe hits the Island driver for the win, which if anybody's unfamiliar with that, it's like a, uh, I don't know. How would you describe it? Um, it's almost it was almost like a sort of Gun- sidewalk slam type, but with a but coming from a higher angle. 
Yeah, I don't, a power slam. Yeah, yeah. Again, not it's not a good move. <laughs> <laughs> I just like watching you squirm to try. Yeah, to it's fair, fair. <laughs> I, I've even written down Island Driver. I had it. <laughs> but uh, that gives Joe the win. And uh, yeah, really fun match. Probably Daniels. I mean, just off the top of my head, I can't think of a better Daniels match up to this point in Ring of Honor. He's had a couple good ones, but this one was definitely this felt like a, a big time match, even though it was pretty short. I think maybe it maybe it had another gear to it, but I had fun watching this. Oh, definitely. I thought it was fantastic. And what was your thoughts on the bell ringing? Do you think that was deliberate or like just a? <laughs> I don't know. Because the crowd went mad like, when they heard the bell. I think I'm trying to remember if there was a promo where they referenced it after this. I don't remember. Um, so I don't know. I think it might have been an accidental. Yeah, that's why I didn't go. Yes, move. They didn't seem to play into the rest of the match, really. So for that reason, I think it was accidental. But um, but again, a testament to how good the kickout was and how like convincing that it could be the end. So, yeah, I, I'm a massive fan of a late kickout done well. Uh, one of my that and oh, yeah. big knees are my probably my favorite things in wrestling, and uh, <laughs> and this and this thing specifically, yeah, this is right up right up there in the uh, in the kick out, um, yeah, believable kick outs that make you bite on something. Even though I knew who'd won, I still was. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, there's always a split second. It was like, oh man, maybe I just forgot that Daniels won the title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, man. So that brings the show. To a close, any other thoughts on Glory by Honor Two? Uh, no, I think it's pretty much been uh, been covered in uh, quite a lot mm. of detail. I say it was a, there was quite a lot of like looking back on it match by match. It, it seemed like a stronger show than sort of as it looking back on it as a whole. I don't know whether it's because there was so many weird promos and right. um, Dan Math's phone and, uh, <laughs> and things, but. And homicide rambling on like a madman. But um, yeah, actually looking back at the matches, I say the lot. They say Punk Funk's not going to get your five stars with Meltzer, but it was a really enjoyable mm. to see like a Punk at this stage of his career, just sort of owning that character and and having that um, the uh, sort of straight edge leaning on that, but as a dick, mm-hmm. um, which right, you know, I think he's pretty well well served at being. Um, and then the, yeah the main event was great i really enjoyed the, the closing stage to the tag stuff chris sabin yeah mm-hmm. most of the matches to be fair looking back on them had uh well, were good fun to watch yeah yeah it, it's like i said it's still kind of a building building period for ring of honor but you see the talent there and uh yeah good matches here but uh yeah man that once again thanks thank you for taking the time to uh watch this i know it was a long watch well i guess you know without, without the flashbacks and the Dark matches. It wasn't too long, but um, where can everybody find you? And uh, are you an official member of Wrestling Should Be Fun? Or are you just like a reoccurring guest? Uh, no, I'd say no. I'm an official official member. Okay. Um, yeah, we could. We're at. I'm not good at anything remembering. Uh, we are at WSB <laughs> Fun on Twitter. No, or is that Instagram? And at rest doesn't sound like it's official to me. Folks. No. It's, it's, well, I'm not. I'm not allowed on the socials. Occasionally, get to do a takeover if I go to a show. Uh, right. But um, <laughs> yeah, wrestling should be fun. Don Don Van Dam running the Instagram. He does a great job there. Uh, Twitter, Roster Boss Casey. He's the the main man on that. And uh, apparently, we got TikTok now, which uh, 
our boy Oscar. That, is, that, uh, that's all you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tip in on the podcast and uh, <laughs> make uh, cricket references, but. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe you can explain cricket to me sometimes. I couldn't get one in today. No I was trying to on. do one for Dom, but I couldn't. I couldn't find a way in. <laughs> well, if um, let's see here, let's see here, we can figure something out. If uh, <laughs> if if BJ Whitmer was a cricket player, who would he be? Uh, Adam Live. Right. <laughs> Just because I hate him as well. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you to JCH from the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast for joining me on this glorious, glorious journey. That's what the show is called. It's Glory by Honor. Uh, fun time with JCH, as has always had a fun time with the Wrestling Should Be Fun boys. Go check out their podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow them on all the social medias. All of that in the description. Follow me if you want. If you don't, don't really blame you. Add Apron Bump everywhere. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Chatterbait, uh, Grinder, Scruff, Tout, all of that stuff. Find me there. And I think that is about all daddy has for you today thank you guys so much for listening i love you all i i am hard yeah Talk around and disregard it Trip you off the ground, show you what heart is Standing strong and proud of me like this Let's get it started It's the hardest Talk around and disregard it Trip you off the ground, show you what heart is